Welcome to the So Wizards podcast. I am Kevin Broom, along with my co-host, Ron Oaks Cunningham, and we are coming up on training camp. Media day is, what, about 10, 12 days away, something like that, training camp, and then uh, we're not too far from some actual games. So, But the NBA is making some news, and um, for those who haven't heard, you know, go ahead and Google it. Maybe read the report, or if you don't have time to read the report, no, read no, back. read the report. Don't fall for the like the the clickbait people. We we are the most intelligent beings on the planet. We've survived our biggest nemesis, which is mosquitoes. Well, and each other's like mosquitoes have killed a lot of us. We are so advanced, but people won't even read a freaking forty-three page report to get a full understanding of themselves. Read the freaking report read the report and then maybe see how like Sarver's really effed up he's really effed up he's gonna lose his team yeah that's um seems pretty clear you know it seems like especially with lebron coming out saying it's not enough and then chris paul who is LeBron didn't read that report though kev i love bron i love everything he's saying for but he's like them stories he didn't read the report it's like come on bron come on read the report dude and i don't blame him my favorite rapper used to say he doesn't write, so a lot of us didn't want to like write, and like writing is the pathway to thinking, or at least like exhibiting clear thinking. So like I get it, like most people don't want to read, but come on, bro, tell your your uh, well he's a king, right? So what are king's uh, people subjects? I guess. Yeah. Tell your yeah. subjects read the report. Read the report. I digress. Sorry. Yeah. So well, you you have read the report, so. Um... You know, um, just the highlights, as far as I, I know, is all right. He's a, alleged, Robert Sarver is alleged to have used the N word on multiple occasions, um, even yeah. after being told clearly that it's not acceptable yeah. and he shouldn't do it. Uh, and yeah. he also was um, created a, a, you know, sexually charged, hostile work environment for a number of his employees, uh, sexual harassment, that kind of thing. Oh, I don't well, know about and, the sexual stuff, but he definitely used the N-word. He used, and he made a, see, this is why, like, I would want to have a beer with this guy to see, like, where his mind is at. Like, okay, let me hear you out. Because he made a point to stress to the lawyers who wrote the report that he used the N-word when A, and he was just repeating after what, like, another Black person has said. Now, oh. Well, and, and, an, like, an, guess, another like, black, black person, just to be clear, Sarver is not Black. Yeah, Sarver's not black. Sarver's Sarver a white guy who, who uh, did well for himself. Did well for himself. Like, some may say self made billionaire. I don't know. I won't get into the like particulars of it. But yeah, hey, he got I don't way know his more backstory that well. So, he has way more money than I do. So I respect him. Um, um, so, well, I respect anyone who has more money. It's like, okay, I want more money. But let me, I can learn from him. That's what I mean. I don't respect like what the guy did. You know, in America, you got to press it quick, like comments like that. Oh, you respect him? You stand for it? He stand for it? No, not at all. Wait, what you, yeah, what you, I think what you're saying is that you respect his ability to have made money. Yeah, I respect his capitalistic bent. I respect right. that. Um, but yeah, no, man, the report is like, uh, so like his use of the N-word, I mean, like there are some people like in, in my group chats, various group chats with like college friends, grad school friends, um, I'm learning like some people like fully like no white person ever should say like the n-word and I get that like and I, I get to like 
the racial history of like America, um, how like word can inflame the passions of so many. But then like um, I was at the Kendrick Lamar concert in Oakland. I want to say like maybe last month, late last month, late last month in August. Uh, big Baby Keem fan and K Dot fan, obviously. Um, yo, the at least like where I was at, like the floor and up level, it was nothing but white kids. It was nothing but white kids, and it's like. I'm not about to sit there and police every single one of their lips to make sure they're not saying the N-word. Because one of Kendrick's, like, um, like, one, like, one of his bangers is just, like, you know, uses the N-word. It just has, like, a great rhythmic flow to it. And it's right. like, I'm not about to police this. So we know white kids are using it. Um, so then it becomes, like, that, that line of thinking, like, well, no one should say it. Because, you know, in America, you can't. If this ever goes to court, like if Sarve ever takes this to court, he has a good argument that, well, black players said the N word. Does that mean they horrible that they've used racially insensitive comments like language towards people? Or is the only when a white person does it? And so you you kinda can like get worked into that. So I won't focus on uh, on that too much. Like however people feel about it, they feel about it. Well I however will focus on is um some of the comments he made were just like he should be a comedian. Like it, it, the report clearly states out like this dude, um, he, he was juvenile and his thought process and he did things to provoke people and make them laugh. Right. Like, so he, in all essence was the class clown. And now he's about to be the class ass because it's like, yeah. yo, your team is on the brink of a championship and you're about to lose it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, oh, backing up to the, to the N word just for a second is, is, I mean, I think, we don't need to go too far off into this um, just to say to to say that there's a difference in like the power dynamic of somebody, you know, of people, different people using it. So, you know, Sarver yeah. as no, the I'm white owner of the team, as the, the majority, you know, well, not the majority partner, yeah. but he's the, the 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 governor of the team. Right. He, yeah. He's the he guy the, who the runs it day to day. And it's like yeah. it, if, if you've got the boss using it. Right. Even if he's repeating what somebody else is saying, you know, you got to have more sense than that. If that's all. Um, nah, yeah. That. No, you and have then, to. Right. You know, like you have again, to. it's like class clown works when, you know, you're in fifth grade and you're the funny kid, you know, in the middle of the room. Right. It doesn't it's work quite so well. Funny. It doesn't work quite so well when you're like the math teacher up there talking about like the, the length of the girl's skirt. Right. You know, it, 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 it's inappropriate. It, you get inappropriate and and um, you can make especially again when you've got that power dynamic of you're, you're the owner of the team you're you're in charge and you're making comments you know people can't really come back at you and it, to the yeah. point where you know you've got like the HR department apparently telling people well your best action is to sue you know and this is the yeah. HR right yeah that's the thing if, if they sue I don't think like I mean I'm pretty sure statute of limitations when all of these things run um, so it's like, that's why it's like a, a pretty, pretty interesting thing. Like, um, cause for all intents and purposes, like all this stuff that, uh, like Zinner report happened like years ago, like I think the latest is 2019. So we're talking like, uh, at least three calendar years, uh, yeah, that's only three years ago, um, though. but that's the thing, right? That, that's another question. It begs like, can someone be forgiven for, for their sins? Like do people change? Because his is an interesting point, right? Like for all of the uh, 
the negative stuff, like he had reports from like prominent black people also supporting him. Like, hey, you know, this dude gave $7 million to this. So this dude wrote a check for that. Like, no way he's racist. But um, anyway, I, it was just an interesting thing. And I look at it like now, um, okay, there are at least like two ways to get an owner up out of there now. Like one, someone with way bigger pockets come and make you an offer. Ted pockets are huge. Like, Ted got long money. So, you know, maybe he's not selling, like, he's not selling his umbrella of uh, sports dominance here. Yeah. Um, but the other is, like, to conjure up some, you know, you remember the report, the SAR report leads off, like, they found no indications that he harbored, like, racial or gender animus. So it's like, even, we don't need the animus. We just need Ted to say one bad thing, and we can get him <laughs> up out of here. Well, well so... Yeah, the, the the legal. I was listening to uh, some some podcasts earlier today, and in terms of like the legal standard for you know being sued, animus is not a legal standard, right? So, you know, the fact that that they could say, well, he didn't really mean anything by it. He doesn't hate black people. It's like at some point the actions speak for themselves. So. Um, What you're you're saying, though, is that we don't need, we, you know, for Wizards fans who would like a new ownership group, the, uh, you know, Ted Leonsis just saying a few dumb things would be perfect. (laughs) Just get, just play uh, Mad City by Kendrick and just stare him in the face. And when it gets the man down, my N-word, like, just see what he says and then boom, record him, boom, we got a new owner in this thing. And that's how it goes. (laughs) And I know, though, like, in all seriousness to whoever's listening to this, I don't want that to be the America that we live in or my kids live in. I, I think you should be allowed to say what, what the hell you want. And we know what's true racism and we know what, what isn't. Like, you can, it's like one of those things, you know it when you see it. That was the famous definition for, like, pornography yeah. in like, yeah. a major court. You know yeah. it when you see it. And that's, that's the thing. Maybe per- all I know, like you can gather from the Sarver report, is that a lot of folks who worked for him didn't like him. Well, that's the thing. You work for him. Don't work for someone else. Like, never work for people you don't like. Never stay somewhere where you don't feel comfortable. Because then if you do, to some of us, I'll admit I'm part of this crowd, it looks like it falls on deaf ears. Why the hell you stay? You could have left. You had a choice. But that's, well, that's just uh, neither here nor there. Sometimes... You- Sometimes people have a choice. Sometimes people have a choice. Sometimes they don't in terms of, you know, people need to eat. They need, need a house. You know, you need to get your kids in school. You need to pay that yeah. tuition. All that At kind of Walmart, stuff. I get you. I like Walmart and like those jobs with, Kevin, these are NBA jobs. Right. But the NBA, jobs. NBA, like the, 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 a lot of the NBA jobs don't pay that well for, especially for some of the people who he was punching down at. You know that he was yeah, making coaches. fun of. coaches. No, no, coaches and high well, level people. Coaches, just, but you know, as you told me about the uh, the, the the woman who had the breast surgery, um, and and Sarver yeah. made a comment. She's not a coach, right? She's not a GM. She's she's not a player. She's not, she's not making the big bucks. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, for for those listening, for disclosure, one allegation that has been substantiated in the report is that a lady who worked in the Suns upper organization. Um, had a breast augmentation over the summer, and upon seeing her in the new year, passing her in a hall, Sarver is alleged to remark, you got an upgrade? And, you know, like, inappropriate, totally inappropriate, totally inappropriate. It's like, dude, 
but and that's that's how they defined it. I think they used the word sophomore sophomoreific. Like that's uh, so, yeah, how it was defined. Sophomore, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, oh, perhaps that's who he is. So like, all, anyway, again, all we need for those who who are full is Ted's fault that the team, you know, hasn't done anything since 1978. Forget that he only took over in the early 2010s. Like, forget that. Forget all. Just throw it out in the rug. Um, hey, man, just just get him to say something inappropriate or act like he's not an owner of a team, and then boom. Nowadays, the public. People who don't even who've never been to Phoenix, and I I was in Phoenix. I want to say about a month ago, not a month. Last Labor Day weekend, so that's not a month. Uh, to place some bets, like they don't allow us to bet in California, so I had to place like some some bets on who I think will win. None none will probably pan out, so not too much. Um, you know, let let the Arizona if the the people of Phoenix don't want him as their owner anymore, let them speak. Don't have us like liberals in D.C. And, you know, Austin, Texas, or elsewhere, like California, opining on what the people of Phoenix want. Because perhaps they don't see anything wrong with it. And, you know, whatever it is, that's their prerogative. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I think um, that a lot of people would have a problem with uh, certainly working with somebody who is doing that kind of stuff on a regular basis. Like, I'm talking somebody of that. Who? They love them in Phoenix. Well, somewhat. I mean, some fans do. I, I would say his, his, as you pointed out, a lot of people in that worked with him did not like him at all, right? They yeah, they hated that group. And uh, whether Last that's thing on it. whether that's because uh, you know he harassed them and said the n word and other things, or whether it's for other reasons, you know, they they didn't like. Last thing on it. No, I don't think any of it was like for the N word. And like, it's so weird saying the N word. Like, it's like, I mean, I used the N word. I used the N word yesterday in basketball. Side note, Ian Clark came through and hooped with us. He's nice. Like, he played, it was me, Ian Clark, my boy Guma, and we played with two like over 50 year old dudes. So we were, we were under man, but we won three out of four games. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I know I, I hit like, uh, Ian trusted me in the short corner to hit the three. I knocked him down for the winner. And I, I let out the, I didn't say N-word, but perhaps now I should because, like, I can be charged with, like, racial animus or racial insensitive language. But I used, I was like, yeah, N-word, like, blah, blah, blah. But anyway. Um, yeah. no, well, I, I, again, it's one of those situations where the identity of the person saying it and also the relative power. You don't, you, you I mean, the only power you had is you just hit a three, right? So, uh, yeah. you know, Sarver, if you were writing everyone's checks in the room, you know, then uh, it maybe uh, has a little different. That, that's, that's like another American. Well, maybe we'll get onto that in another podcast. That's like an American thing. It's like, isn't he who old? Doesn't he like? Oh uh, no, what's the old parable? Um, so he with the gold makes the rule or something like that. Like yeah. something like he's an owner of a team. He's better than a lot of people who works for him. He he's done things they can't do. At what point does why does he have to act like a commoner? But I'm not. <laughs> saying he he does i'm just saying that's the other line right, of that's the argument some, right it's like it's his money yeah, it's his team he can do what he wants if you don't like it leave yeah right? yeah you could leave, but on I the other hand on the other hand you know it's it doesn't cost that much to just be like decent right yeah to be a nice person that's what he messed up i see that's the thing i don't think he's an indecent person i just think i think he's a funny asshole who who always gets his way and he's and he's and it's worked for him. Like he's become a billionaire that way. 
Yeah. So he's not in tune with the, the cultural changes of America. Like, nowadays, you make someone cry, you at fault. Like, people don't take response. They all, everyone acts like a victim. A, a guy who played at Georgia, I was talking trash to him. He was like, Are you talking trash, bro? He's old now. He got out of shape. He's fat. So I'll be locking his ass up. Like, because, you know, his former D1 player played at, at um, yeah. Played at um, at Georgia. He's a, he's a ball guy. He's an angry dude. So you know they they be angry. They be angry. Yeah, they yeah. angry. And I mean, he was like, "You talking shit to me?" I was like, "Bro, you a victim? You uh, you don't, don't act like you a victim. I'm talking trash on a basketball court. You acting like you a freaking victim." Like yeah. so anyway. Well, like that, I, that I would say this. That the one I the one thing that I you know Sarver really told on himself was like that comment where it's like. You know why do the women always cry around here? Why do all the women cry around here? It's like, huh? I mean, I've been in a lot of workplaces. I've been working for most of my life, right? And I can't really recall a time when someone just like a, a woman or a man like broke down crying at work. At work, yeah. Yeah. because uh, be, certainly for no reason. I mean, I've seen people like cry, like, oh, you know, this one woman she cried like when her kid was in, you know, got hurt playing sports and she had to leave, but she cried first, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, I could see that. And I could see times too, where, you know, something went wrong and somebody cried. Right. But I've never seen like somebody get berated oh, know the to the point that they break down yeah. crying at work. Yeah. At work. That's, that's the weird one. But like, Oh, like uh, my, my parents divorced. So I was raised by a woman. Um, I've seen my mom cry over like some BS and it's like, why the hell are you crying? Like, and, that, and it's easy. Like, um, men and women are, are both like, again, we're all humans. We're, we're some of the greatest things ever created. We, we are masters of this earth. Like our only enemies outside of ourselves have been mosquitoes. And I'm pretty sure we've killed way more of them than they've killed us. No, they've killed a lot of us. Mosquitoes no, they've killed, killed a lot of us. They're still killing um, a lot of us. So it was like, you know, but it's like, you know, you can admit that we're dope, but we think differently. Like men are way more, at least some, a lot of them lie. They're not rational at all. They can't see tomorrow from yesterday. They they have no ability to think of that. Like, right. They think Kyle Kuzma is part of our big three. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, you got people like that. Big three. I mean, I love Kuz. He's a fourth option, fifth option, maybe big three. Um, and then you got women, like, you know, and I'm just speaking from, like, personal anecdotes. Like, my, my lady, she, she's the toughest Texas girl ever. Until, like, she's really mad and she's a crier. She's soft and brittle and it's like, oh, they you crying again? Oh, which one is it? So, it's like, um, women women are a little, all humans are emotional. They just show their emotions. Like, in that way, men typically want to fight their emotions out. Like, that's, that's just the difference with us. And I'm pretty sure that's what Sarver was getting at. And, you know, he couldn't say it that way because you can't say those things you say. What I'm saying, though, is what, what, why are all the women crying at his, at his workplace, right? Because he yells at them, as he called it in the report, um, I, I, I hold them accountable. Yeah, yeah. And that, um, that should be good because, like, hey, man, women love holding men accountable. Like, and, well, and men... Here's the thing. I will say I've worked for a guy who would have said he was just holding people accountable. And what he was was just a shitty manager, right? I mean, he yeah, it was, was just, an asshole. Yes, what he was was he 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 believed that the the way to get people's best work was to criticize them constantly. And um, yeah, what it so, did was made us all hate him, you know. Yeah, and leave. And like, see, I uh, so I went in house, like out of, and after you graduated, like like grad school, got option to go. Like, if if you were good, like the good of us, like go to like top firms or top in-house corporations or work for the government, right? 
mm-hmm. the people who work for the government to me are snitches. Now, you can't trust them snitches. They're going to work for the government to snitch on you. Um, so you go, I worked in-house at like a major insurance company, Chubb, like in, in, in the world, right? And the, the dude, black guy, uh, he had like, I thought he was Jewish because his last name was like Thunderbird, right? So I was like, like before, you know, when you, the email process, like Thunderbird. And then you see him, it's like, you a black guy? What? No way. Well, Creole, so they don't really look black, right? And then he was just an asshole. And he phrases it like, oh, no, I'm just being tough. And I'm just, so, you know, I did my time, got my experience, like started building my authors. And then when I put that two weeks in, I almost made him cry with the shit talking. Like, I was like, I see why your wife left you. I see why the whole oh, wife left <laughs> you. You're an asshole. You know, you got to give people back what they give you, or otherwise they won't ever, like, understand. Like, because if you could take it, like, I could take what I give out. It means, like, okay, I really, I really fuck with that principle. Like, I'm a principal person. But he couldn't take it. He was mad. He started. But then he knew. He knew he was an asshole, especially to, like, it's not. I mean, California, it's what? It's 6% of the population. 6% of 55 million folks are black. And then in the profession I work in, it's, like, 2% of us right so you yeah. got two black men and he was from dc he's a dc dude catholic school as educated he went to st Albans school we don't really fuck with them we used to call them um inappropriate names back in the day that i, I can't say on here out of fear yeah, of uh yeah. you know getting starboard but um yeah he was like you was just an asshole so you gave it back it was like oh nah he was like trying to be tough like no you're just an asshole it's like your two wives left you hey, it's like your hey, daughter don't fuck with you here's the important question was he bald yeah, 6'6 <laughs> six, six guy, though. Like, 6'6 six, six dude, he, he used to do crew. I was like, like, his mom and mom are, like, well, like, in the, the upper societies of D.C. So, like, they knew my parents. And, like, but he, I don't know. Like, after I told him all about who I was, like, you know, you can cut off rip if you trust someone or how their energy is, right? Yeah. And then it was, like, uh, after I left, he was, like, oh, he wanted to try to be, like, a mentor. Man, I got that dude number one block. He's not doing too well in life. Like, he has heart mm. issues and stuff. He shouldn't have been right. an asshole to people. Yeah. But anyway, long-winded way to say, like, yeah, people, Sarvis was probably, in, Sarvis probably an asshole. I don't think Ted's an asshole. But if someone does, you know, want him up out of there, just play KDOT Mad City and see what he says. Look him right <laughs> in his eyes when, man down, where you from, Mike? And, you know, like, yeah, look him yeah. dead in his eyes. And then let's, um, let's get a new owner. Yeah, my guess is Ted wouldn't sing along with that, probably because I don't think he he would know uh, the lyrics of that one. So, um, yeah, I I gotta say uh, I would I while I would love to see the Wizards get a better owner or a better ownership, a better owner? Or, you know, management. Uh, you know, I don't I mean, see I that. Like that though. I, well, I I hmm, that's interesting. So. Hi, this is Kevin, and I wanted to share with you briefly about a product I've recently been introduced to called Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a supplement. It's a powder form, and you basically add a scoop to a cup of water in the morning, and when you do, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. The ingredients support gut health, support your nervous system, immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of those things. It's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, you can do all of it with Athletic Greens. It contains 
less than one gram of sugar per serving, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything. And it still tastes good. Sports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. I can use some of that right now. It'll also, it's not expensive. It costs you less than $3 a day. And I know that a lot of folks are spending more than that on coffee or energy drinks. And this will be better for you than that. Um, Athletic Greens, in addition to when you make a purchase, for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations to help get nutritious food to kids in need. It includes the No Kid, Re- no Kid Hungry, which is, operates here in the United States. In 2020, uh, Athletic Greens donated more than 1.2 million meals to kids in 2020. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million pills, supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens/emerging. That's athleticgreens/emerging to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I was very hopeful when Leonsis took over the team because, you know, he wrote this like 10 point plan of how to, you know, redo a team. And some of it, you know, when you read it, you're like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's a little weird, but okay. You know, it's a, it's a good kind of principles. It's not maybe not completely thought through perfectly, but whatever it's, it's still, at least he's got some ideas. And then, you know, he keeps Ernie Grunfeld there for a hundred years and, and then, you know, engages a search firm and interviews 700 people and hires the guy who is Ernie's lieutenant for 20 years and then says, well, I didn't really know him, you know, and so I was just really impressed with him when I got a chance to get to know him. It's like, Ted. yeah, I've, no, I've yeah, long been um, not sure whether Ted is just like disingenuous or um, cynical no, I, or I think- just, is he just naive and i think he likes doing it the hard way i'm with him on that like he won't the one thing about him he's consistent <laughs> so no, right he's not like, no and it's sense of in the sense of his strategy like even with the cats like even with the mystics and now the wizards like go okay the way to get better is to do it on the margins like a lot of business people believe that like marginal mm-hmm, growth yeah. marginal growth two percent better this year two percent better next year eventually like it's going to turn in your favor right so let you examine like has it been a full decade or will this make it a decade that he's on the team like i don't Um, know but definitely he's more than he's more than 10 years in he's more than 10 years in because he took over i think i want to say in like 2009 2010 so okay so yeah okay so so definitely a decade in you you could see it it's like okay one he's never going to tank he's going to try to marginally get better he's going to but the thing is what he doesn't realize is like he's only able to make like margin moves because he lucked into the first pick, the third pick, the third pick, the sixth pick, um, ninth pick, ninth pick, and then just the tenth pick. Like he doesn't understand the the closer you are to number one, the better talent you have to make that marginal growth from let's say three percent better to like eight percent better. And yeah. that's what, just what, how it is. But I respect him. He's doing it his way. He's well, doing it his way. 
I, I gotta say, I don't have a ton of respect for how he's run the wizards. It's like, um, you know, I've written about this before, but the, the team with his, the, the goals they set for themselves that really come from Leonsis, they don't make any sense for the NBA. Um, you know, the, this whole idea of like, well, we, we need to make the playoffs, right? Okay. Yeah. There's like making, the no, play- you yeah. can make the playoffs and not be a good team, right? You can make the playoffs yeah. and be really mid and you can make the playoffs and, and just, and really it's just smoke and mirrors. And the wizards have been doing it for, for years that way. I mean, that's what the basis, whole basis of the, you know, Okafor and Ariza trade was, was, you know, was basically Leonsa said, make the playoffs. And so Ernie Grunfeld said, okay, I'll go trade cap space for some veterans who can, you know, will be good enough. And then he was basically, and they did, you know, it was a good, good bet on Ernie's part in the sense that he, he could at least put together a team that could get into the playoffs and they won a couple playoff series. So, you know, that's the pinnacle of wizard success since, uh, you know, over the last 35, uh, 40 years. Beating the Bulls and sweeping the, the, the Raptors. Yeah, right? sweeping the Raptors, the pinnacle of, uh, of success. And, you know, just, just four years later, the Raptors won a title. So, you know, they've got yeah, that Yeah, but that's the thing, right? Like, that's who he sees. Like, Toronto was the kings of marginal growth, marginal growth, marginal growth. And then they went all in mm-hmm. for the the superstar to, to get them over the top, right? Like the Kawhi, mm-hmm. it was just a perfect storm. Like, of course, you're going to trade the dude on his last year. You hope you have the pieces mm-hmm. there. I'm not saying Ted's like following that motto or, or like a plan that that they did up in um up in up in Toronto, but I am saying he wanted the brain trust of that Toronto team to come join his Wizards. So maybe he is following that plan. Like keep doing marginal, adding marginal growth, marginal growth, and then finally putting all your chips in for a guy who can get you over the top. KD in three years, that's the play. That's yeah. the play. The, the, I think that, that that incremental approach works a lot better when you have a an excellent judge of talent like Masai Ujiri, right? Um, there's nobody with the Wizards who's demonstrated that kind of eye for talent really over uh, the last, since like, you know, since Grunfeld got there. I mean, Grunfeld did did fine on the obvious moves, didn't do quite so well with um, any of the more marginal moves. Shepard is interesting in that he seems to do, he, he does okay with like marginal trades, that kind of thing, but he's, he doesn't seem to be doing very well when it comes to doing things like drafting players. You know, he's, he's picking guys who are, eh, okay. And, and he's yeah. sort of, he, but he does a good job of, of worming the team into, into deals, um, you know, getting in the middle of things and, and extracting some value. So, you know, that's been a, a good thing on his, his side of, uh, you know, his, his, what he's done well. So. Um, yeah, no, I see, see, I'm with you. Uh, but I, I view more a little more optimistically because he's done such a great job on landing like marginal diamonds, right? Like think of Gafford. Like now we can play a lineup with Gafford and Coos at the same time that, you know, let's see how it works. I, I don't think it'll be on the, to the tier of uh, Minnesota because we don't have an Anthony Edwards at the guard spot. But, but also the, the, you know, Gafford and Kuzma aren't at the level of anybody 
who's good. No, but... I mean I meant to say KP. Sorry, not Coos. Like Gafford and KP. Gafford oh. and KP is the poor man's version of um of Cat and Gobert. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. Like, poor... and, and it, like they have the similar like Gobert. Gobert can't do shit, but catch lobs and putbacks. Like Gafford can't do shit, but catch lobs and putbacks. Mm-hmm. Gobert's obviously a better defender. Yeah. Um. It's, it's to be determined who's the better offensive player between Cat and like KP. No, like, no, no. It's, no, it's not. Cat's much better. Um, Cat, yeah, Cat's a lot better on, on the offensive end. Now, um, Porzingis is probably actually a better defender than Cat. So there okay. is that. But Gafford is a worse, is, is a much lesser version of, of Gobert. Like Gobert is the pinnacle version of that. Player. You know, yeah, Gobert is just better. better. But yeah, no, no. Go, Gobert is. One of the best, like, like players to ever play the game. People just hate his game, but he's one of the best. I've never seen any. He could. He's a top ten defense by himself. Yeah, and he's that yeah, special. He's... I think it's gonna work, right? Yeah. Um, my whole thing is it's, it's just a poor man's version of it. So like maybe we'll, we'll we can we can see that, but like I don't know. Like like so yeah, you say you say Ernie. I mean, uh, Tommy hasn't done well on like drafting players. Yeah, I mean you know. I still think Rui. I still believe in Rui. This is year. I'm talking hell of shit when it comes to fruition. Um, yeah. I, I also believe in Kenny. I watched him beat Holland uh, in in FIBA, and you know, I, I feel like I feel like it was they got away with some shit. But the way he played, his poise, his hunger, that dog in him, you could see it. And so I really like Denny and Rui growing and blossoming too much more the thing is we can't do that with the, the way the team is currently constructed around what um uh chase hughes called our new big three yeah and like other yeah. people are buying into it like the new big three what are your thoughts on that the new big three new big three so this would have to be the worst big three in the league uh you know it, it's it's let's put it this way. it's ridiculous to to call this. I years ago, a few years ago, I called Wall Beal Porter, who people were calling the Wizards Big Three. I called them the Medium Three, and I think that these guys, basically player for player, are not as good as uh, as Wall Beal and Porter were then. I mean, Beal maybe could be better than what he was um, at that time, but uh, Porzingis isn't as good as Wall was. Um, and Kuzma is not as good as, as Porter was. And so, yeah, this is, it's, it, to me, it's silly trying to shoehorn this big three thing onto the Wizards. They've got two guys, um, Porzingis and Beal, who could be like all-star level. And then after that, they've got a whole bunch of guys who are just kind of okay. And Kuzma yeah. is in that group. And if the Wizards really believe that Kuzma can be like the third leg of a, of a big three, the third wheel of a big three. It's crazy. I mean, just, yeah, so you, you mentioned before we came on, you mentioned something about 538, right? And so I went and yeah. looked up just what their forecasts are, right? And so they've got Kuz, I mean, Porzingis rather forecasted at like five, just over five wins, Beal at about four and a half wins. You know, like the really good players, like the the great players, the teams that you can actually build the championship around, like those guys are all like 10 plus wins. Like Giannis is mm-hmm. around 13. And so every one of these guys, like elite players produce a lot of wins for their teams, right? Yeah. And we're talking 10, 12, 13. And <laughs> yeah, Kuzma, 
Uh, let's put it this way. 538 doesn't have a lot of respect for him. Mm. Tell them what they say. You got to tell the people. Yeah, they so they classify him as a scrub. And by scrub, they basically mean that he's somebody who adds almost no value. They forecasted him at three-tenths of a win this coming season. Yeah. I think he's better than that. I think he's better than that, but not like a a world of difference better, right? Like, I think that he's a pretty, I think he's basically an average player, right? He's, he's, he's a good guy. I like him. Um, I even like his game to a point, but he's, he's an average player and Porzingis and Beal are both like, should be like the two, three guys on a good team and they should have, you know, they, they need somebody who is going to be that elite level producer. They don't have anybody like that on the roster. Yeah, we, we, we have to uh, say Pat and just tread water into uh, Kevin Durant's available. Then we can, like, package for that. KD, KD's the true. But, uh, no, my, my whole thing is, like, so obviously any Kobe disciple, uh, I don't mean just, like, basketball. Like, the true, like, Christ Bryant disciples, like, the ones who recognize it's all about the work. Like, if you mm-hmm. – the work you put in will show – uh, and during the game or whatever it is you, you you're trying to accomplish at life like that's the mama mentality like attack each day learn more get better immediately apply what i've learned so i respect coos for that right like I, I love that about him um he channels that mama mentality work ethic because he's a hard worker right the thing is yeah um <laughs> And, and 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 this is not me being like biased. Well, I I would think Denny and Rui are both better than him. Like they have way higher upside and better potential than him. I just think he he benefits from one the the bubble ring. So you you get some gloss on your name when you say I was a major part of the NBA championship, which he mm-hmm. was, right? A major role player. Mm-hmm. Super role player. I wouldn't even say the X factor. So no, like, he was you know. just like he was on the team. I mean, he 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 was on the floor. He, I mean, played, he played. He played. He played well. He played well. He played well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing. Second thing is like you look at last year, right? We saw him with an uh, uptick in his workload. Sure, he rebounded better than he ever has. He shot the ball well. I think he led uh, us in three point percentage, um, double doubles, uh, passing. How many games did we win? You know what I'm saying? Well, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, and then that's all I'm saying because, you know, Bill was hurt or whatever. But, you know what I'm saying? It's, I just yeah. don't see him. I, I just don't see him as, like, a true number three. I, I just don't see him. I see him more as, like, if Cruz is your fifth best player and your fifth best defender has to guard him, good luck because he's a mismatch, right? Some say he's 6'8", others say he's 6'10". But all I know is, there are like six ten point guards coming in the game now. He can't guard them. He can't right. guard wings. Like you know what I mean? You if you a big three, you can't hide the player. Like if you if you, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like you have right. to go out there get him on both ends. And I don't think he can do that. Nor do I think uh, Brad can do it. Brad can't defend um, even like guards his height. Like so he, he so it's just like this this notion of big big whatever. I don't know where it started, like, obviously, like, like Boston 08 brought it back to mainstream parlance, like, big three. We started calling, like, the Quran, Antoine, and uh, Hibachi. We started calling them a big three. 
Oh, um, you're, you're, you're leaving out when Leonsis wrote a, wrote a blog post about the Wizards' new big three. And it was, um, who was it? I believe it was Wall, Andre Blotch, and Jordan Crawford. Oh, oh, my man, Jordan Crawford. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it might I have been, it, 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 it it, it been Nick. I feel like Nick Young might have been part of that. I don't remember who, who it was exactly, but I know that Blatch was part of it. And um, I, I'm Black. pretty sure Jordan Crawford was part of it. But yeah. Blatch just like discipline. He needed some discipline in his life. He needed a Rob Sarver to get on his ass. Like Rob Sarver would have got on his ass. He would have got all that uh, potential out of uh, Andre Blatch. But now, nah. Uh, yeah, but anyway, it's just like, I don't know where this notion of big three came from. It's like, I don't want to diss them and call them a mediocre three. I would just say. Um, I think the calling them a mediocre three would be kind of generous. Yeah, I won't even call it like a mediocre three. Because like, Brad and KP are not mediocre. Like, Brad was mediocre last year. Okay, right, but, cool, but like, no, mediocre. but see, here's the thing. is It's not about them, like. They are both. They're both better than mediocre. Brad had a bad year last season for sure. Yeah. And he was, you know, a little above average before he got hurt. And Porzingis was good, right? Both of those guys are good. But the thing is, it's like, where, where are they in the league's pecking order? Right. And so I did a piece back shortly after the season where I looked at like, like what does a typical number one look like on a team? Right. What is a typical number two, all that kind of stuff. And both Beal and um, the, like the pinnacle Beal would be like a good second guy, right? On a, on a championship level kind of team. If you think about like your, your top, like number one guys would be like your Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, um, you know, Harden a few years ago, LeBron, uh, Steph Curry, right? Those are, those are like the true number one guys. Those are the guys who, if you have them, you've got some championship equity. You've got a chance of winning a, a championship really almost no matter who you put around them, right? You, you, need to, you need to put together, have some good players around them because it is a team game. But the point is, is that like those guys would all be like the first, the number one guy on the team and you take Beal and slot him in with them. And now you've got a, a pretty good team, right? And so, but if you're putting together a big three and you've got like a mid-level two and a mid-level two, and then you've got a guy who really should be like a fifth, sixth man, that's not a big three. A big three is, you know, you've got Giannis, who, a, who is an MVP candidate, right? And then you've got Chris Middleton, who's an all-star, and you've got Drew Holiday, who's like a borderline all-star, right? That's now that's a big three. I wasn't right? even a big three. Yeah, th- you I know, mean, that's probably right because <laughs> uh, well, like they, I, they try to say that to discredit Giannis. No, like you he had a running mate and Chris Middleton. He had a legit number two. Yeah, like and then Drew is like you don't a, even need a big three. A three, yeah. I mean, but you go back you like the the, the, the Heatles, right? You know, obviously, like that. That was even that you could argue was not really a big three, even though Bosch got. No, that was big three. Bosch, Bosch could cook whoever though. Like Bosch was was a hell of a Bosch was a hell of a player, but it was LeBron and Wade that drove that team. No, yeah, LeBron and Wade control. Well, well, like Wade had to concede control of the team to Bron. Bosch sacrificed the most, but the thing is, like, Bosch could cook whoever. Like, yeah. the offense is easily capable. See, I view a big three. You can run your offense through your number two guy. You're not going to have too much drop-off. He's going to give you the same, like, mismatches by controlling the ball. He's going to get you the same production that your number one guy can have. 
but thing is, you, can your number three guy do that as well? And that's when you have the big three. If one sits out, can another player cook? So if you right. really take look back to like the latest big three we've had was the Warriors, right? Katie, Steph, and Clay. Clay can give you fifty. He doesn't shoot it. You run, you run the offense through Clay. He's cooking you. You run offense through KD. Well, we know what the greatest dude from DC will ever do. You know, they, he, they people say he's from Maryland. I, I go by what he was born at. He was born in Washington DC. And then you know, already know what Steph Curry can do, right? Here's the thing: we've seen what we've seen what Kuz can do as number one option. Can't get it done. We've seen what Brad can do as number one option. Get it done. I don't know if we've ever seen what KP can do as the number one option. He played with the most ball hogging his dude ever named Carmelo Anthony in New York. And then so he didn't really and then the one year he was an all star when I mean, he was quote unquote that number one option, he blew up his knee. Then he had to play with lately the number the now number one most ball hogging dude in the NBA, probably the world, Luca. So it's like we've never seen if if we're gonna say like a big three, Hold on. we need Hold to reap uh, so real quick though, Porzingis's usage rate actually was higher when he was on the floor with Luca than he was when Luca sat. Doesn't matter, dude. Like Luca's a ball hog. Like KP wasn't the number one option. We all know that he no. hated he hated Rick Carlisle. He hated Rick Carlisle. We don't we don't need to like back to say anything or, or to suggest anything. We we know what it was. So here, if you're gonna say a big three or even a big two, I'm with it. Just reorganize the pieces. Number one. KP, he's the only one we haven't seen as the number one option. And then yeah. people like, oh, we I've seen Kuz twice as the number one option. And that Lakers team that, that was asked before LeBron got there, they were young tough. We can't, we can't really guard him. Like, you know, we know he's getting empty numbers, but he wanted it. I respected that. Kuz wants it. And then last year, from last year with us, I mean, we were competitive. It's not like we were getting blown out because of our mediocre coach or something. It was just our mediocre coach couldn't get us over the hump for a win. You know, he's running plays to get not his best three-point shooter, Rui Hachimura, to get an open three, but, you know, Raul Neto to get an open three. Like, those are the type of sets like our mediocre coach was running. But anyway, that's the thing. So even when you when you say, like, they're not a big three, I'm with you, but could they possibly be if they fit in that order? No. Kuz will never be a number three option. He can't. Uh-huh. The offense can't run through him, and he carry you and act like nothing. Right. Nothing's there. He can't put. That's just is what it is. And then Brad, um, I saw the Wizards post today his sixty point game against uh, Philly, right? And I yeah. love that game. I, I think um, that was my first year betting. So that was back in DC last year. You could bet, right? So I'm betting on that game. Um, no, sorry, I was not in DC. That was um, early twenty DC had just passed it. I don't know if it was legal, but that was um, 2020 lockout season with Russ. We lost that game. Hmm. He got 60 and lost. We could have won that game. We yeah. lost that game. Just never seen KP do one option. If I remember, uh, yeah, Beal kind of ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, he had no help, one. though. Like, Russ didn't, yeah. Russ didn't have his legs. I've never seen him uh, start a season off with good legs. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think this is the first offseason Russ has really worked on his game. Usually, you know, he's he's working on his fashion. Kind of like somebody not not similar to someone on our team who works on their fashion in the offseason. Right. Work on your game, buddy. 
need that you need that second rev, revenue stream if you're not going to be obsessed the way Kobe was. Yeah, true. You you do, but that's the thing. First of all, who can afford the shit that NBA players wear? Like the <laughs> the population. Like sometimes I'll be looking at ads, like because I'm a streamer. Um, I've been streaming. I want to say since college. I, I don't like now the streaming is proliferated by ads. It used to be you can avoid it through streams. And like I'll see some of the advertising. It's like, yo, who's the target audience for this, right? And so the yeah. same thing with fast and the NBA players. Who's your target audience? If someone if someone wore what Coos wore uh, during that runway show, the Capitol Arena, I'm going Robert Sarver on them. I'm going <laughs> full Robert Sarver on them. Like, you wearing that one. I'm yelling. I'm, I'm screaming. Like, what the hell are you doing? I digress. I digress. Would you wear it? Wear what? The, the pink sweater? <laughs> oh, well, we can start there. Would you wear the pink sweater? No. I would wear a pink sweater. I have worn pink sweaters, but yeah, I, I wouldn't wear one that looked like it should have been worn by Georgie Mirasan. Yeah, like, dude, like, no, it's, I, no. But again, I must admit, I'm not a fashionable guy. I go to the same four or five clothing stores. Um, I buy the same shit each year. I re- re- repeat, like, the same stuff. It's like, boy, they know me. You walk in, like, Brooks Brothers, I want them black corduroys. You got those last month. I want the same thing. That's what I want. I, I'm I'm simple. I'm very uh, functional with it. But yeah, yeah. no. Nah, just to, just to wrap it up on that point, it's like, um, I hope these three ball out. Like again, I'm I'm most excited to see what what KP the unicorn can do. I I don't think we've ever had a player like him since Chris Webber. Um, yeah. Just like a special player, just special in all nature. You can't define it. It's just you just know it because you see it. Um, I hope Bill is back. I don't know. I mean, I, I broke my thumb around this time a year ago. It took me about like eight months to get back. I mean, I know they have way far superior health care than us, like common folks yeah, do. Except he, he didn't break his thumb. I mean, he, he tore a, uh, a tendon. Yeah, no, tendon. I'm saying ligaments. So, no, the point is, like, I know how, like, like shooting, like the formation can be messed up because of a, a hand or even in his case, a wrist injury. So it's like, I, I hope he bounces back to his pre-injury status, just like one of the top 15 players in the NBA. But Kuz, if you if you count on Kyle Kuzma to take us home as your big three, you have CTE. Yeah. And I don't blame you. CTE is like common. Like you, you believe in the Wizards so much that you bind into to a big three. I'm gonna bind to a big three as well. I just think his name Rui Hachimura, and this is my prediction for the season. I think Rui's gonna outplay Kyle Kuzma, but Kuzma's still gonna get the bulk of the minutes because the coach trusts veterans over younger guys. Hmm. So, you believing in Rui Hachimura as the number three in the big three makes me think you yeah, have CTE. <laughs> Grade one, though. Grade one. Grade one. I mean, I hope so. I I do like Rui, but yeah, he's he's okay. He's been okay. Last season, he was kind of okay. We'll see. Dude, six, six, eight dudes with a bag. I could work with that. He's he's got to. um, But not a bag. He doesn't have a bag. He could score. He doesn't have a bag. 
Ronnie Hachimura has a bag. We'll see. Um, I'm not sure as convinced of that as uh, as some are. So, uh, like I said, we'll see. Um, well, I would that. not be surprised, though, actually, to see Rui be more productive than, than Kuzma. I just don't think either one of them are going to be that good. So I think they'll both be around average. Oh, that's mm. my that's my prediction. Rui, Rui needs, will only he needs a breakthrough because you know he's in a contract year. So yeah. Rui will only be average because the coach going to hold him back. We should start looking into whether um, Wes Unsell used racially insensitive language towards <laughs> Rui and Denny. Is that why he stopped him? Like, maybe we can get him up out of here that way. Does he use racially insensitive language, gender insensitive language? Uh-huh. Maybe what the Wizards do is just trade for some more Denver Nuggets, you know, so that Unsell will feel comfortable. I'm with that. I would love to get uh, Bones Highland. You think they'll give us Bones? Uh, I bones think they might. Today? They might. I, you know, I don't know who they'd want back because they, they did trade Morris in part so they could give uh, Bones more minutes. So. Oh, so no, they won't give us uh, Bones. Okay, what about Michael Porter, though? Yeah, I don't Porter think... Porter doesn't again, want that third row. He doesn't want it. He thinks he's up there on Jokic's level. He's better than... I'll, I'll take Michael Porter over Jamal Murray any day. Um, I'm taking a six ten skill, a six ten guy yeah. with guard skills over a six three guy any day. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I thought that Morris was like, I mean, not Morris, um, Porter was like borderline for like all NBA level. I mean, he was really yeah. good. He was really good. That's so good. Now that back is worrisome, but. You know, it, hey, if you're the Wizards, it. you collect that you you're collecting guys who are you know damaged and injured and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, why not him too? Do uh, Bill Porter, KP. That would we be a legit big three. That it would well, be a legit big three. I don't know if it would be a legit be- big three. It would be a, at least like a, a better than medium. So what it what, no, what would legit. be. No, hey, Kev, Kev, you know, you, you say you ran the numbers. Porter did that, and he still didn't even understand the game. Yeah. He was um, playing at all, all NBA level and not understanding what he's doing. He's just yeah. going out there doing it. He's not thinking. Yeah. Imagine I still, him a year off. Uh, yeah, I'm still, like, I don't think that – we. that's one it, – it, it at least has potential for a legit big three. Let's put it that way. Um Right now, the Wizards don't even have like a big, they have their big two in the sense of they've got two guys who are number twos, but, you know. What what do you use for uh, your trade? Do you use the NBA, the ESPN trade machine, or do you go to like Fanspo? I usually use a lot of ESPNs, but I'll use Fanspo as well. Yeah, I use Fanspo. I feel like you can get a little more nuance with Fanspo, but okay, let's see what they say. I'm going to propose, okay, so Porter Jr., or who will we give the yoke? Who will we give Jokic? Oh, they're not giving give up Jokic. And we'll give Denny. Who? And the first round pick. Uh, it's going to take more than that to get Porter. It's going to take more. The money won't work. Um, we'll probably have to extend Kuz and then trade them. It's going to take multiple firsts, I think. Two firsts for Porter? Let's 
seeing? Uh, at least. Yeah, I'm Corey Kispert. We we'll only need Kispert. The back, about it. back would probably make it so that they could do it for two. Yeah, the back, back yeah, would probably it's make like, it so they could, know. you know, trade like, who are we going to give up for the money? Maybe Davis. We got to go with Johnny Davis. I don't know how, like, in two first-round picks for the money, definitely got to give up Rui. Rui, Cal, Denny, Davis, Kispert, and two first-round picks. That'll work. Like they say that'll work. Yeah. It gives. It gives. Sure uh, that, it gives. Go ahead. I'm not sure that the, that the Nuggets would be very interested in that uh, because they think they're going to be playing for a championship this year with Porter. So. Porter, you're gonna have to trade Porter. He doesn't remember in the plan. He was like, um, "Are we always running? We always running the offense through uh, Jamal Murray and Jokic. We got. I don't think we could win that way." You think they're not? You think the same coach who ran the offense through Marion Jokic when they're in a Western Conference Finals is not going to run the same offense through Marion Jokic again? Let me, let's put it this way. I would run uh, that the, the offense through Murray and Jokic, especially Jokic, you know, every day of the week, twice on Sunday, and let uh, – Porter and Jokic. Porter, and let Porter, you know, he can fit in wherever he fits in, you know. Jokic so I'll bring him here. Jokic is an absolute. So that'll work. Like, how do we get here? So that, like, we we covered a lot in this episode. So that's that should be the Wizards' um, trade target, Michael yeah. Porter Jr. The, yeah. The uh, the liberals in DC won't like him though. You know, the, so only the, the, only if Congress gets flipped in November can you make this uh, trade. If if Congress like you know it always flips back. And I don't forth. know. See, if, if see this, what you do is you got to pitch this to Leonsis. It's like, look. Ted, you need the MAGAs. You need the MAGAs to come out. You to need the, the MAGAs. Become the NBA fans. So, you know, this is the way you do it. So you first you trade for Michael Porter Jr. Then you trade for Jonathan Isaac, right? And now you've got, you can bring in all of those right wing nuts. And then, you know, you can, you can make. I want mine. Players. I want mine, Porter Jr. Isaac. Hey, you can sell packages. Wizards game, hotel, at the well, the, what used to be the Trump Tower, right, or whatever it was in DC, and then a tour of the Capitol. I think we've got it all set. <laughs> and the Pentagon, we got all the defensive and see all of that's that's the one thing about DC people people uh, don't understand. It's like I be telling folks, you be like, dude, there's so many conservatives in DC. Trust me, we got all the Pentagon generals living around the area. We got all the conservative justices living in Alexandria, Virginia. It's deep out there. The enclave of liberalism, only in the city. Everyone who owns property there, they have to have. Look at McLean, yeah. Virginia. I don't know. In Northern Virginia, goes pretty, uh, pretty Democrat. So it's um... yeah, no, no, no. Like we will always vote blue. Like like DC will vote blue. Most mainstream Republican candidates like are too freaking anachronistic, if you will. Like, no, we don't want to return to the antebellum days. Like, we like progress, right? Like, <laughs> we like it, right? But it's, it's not super, super liberal. Like, um, California, I, like, for example, I'll, I told a dude today, um, I bring my, like, some, I'll, I'll run to the Whole Foods. It's about, like, maybe 0.8, like, 1.2 miles from, from where I live at to, to the one near the lake. So, we'll, me and my dog, sometimes Megan will come with us. We'll, we'll run the the lake, and we'll get to the Whole Foods. I walk into it with my dog, and he's like, is it a service animal? 
I'm like, dude, this is a liberal ass state. Y'all allow men to be called women and women to be called men. You won't press me over me bringing my dog? Like, come on, man. So we won't do that in D.C. Like, so D.C. isn't um, socially liberal. It's it's liberal. It's democratic, but social liberalism is mm, take that shit elsewhere. Go go to California. Go to New York City with it. It doesn't bold in the nation's capital. So Michael Porter Jr. And Jonathan Isaac, they probably will vote in the nation's capital. That's a great thing, dude. Call Ted up, man. Tell him. <laughs> tell him. Say, hey, remember me, Ted? I got a way to bring your team back to winning. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. The only Maybe. way this country could work is if you get both both sides of the debate to come together. So why not do it in basketball? You get your super liberals. You know, hey, I'm pretty sure like Kyle Kuzma for liberals. Here's the thing. Every, they've tried every other team building strategy, right? So they've tried like all kinds of, of anything you can think of. They've tried it, right? None of it works. So why not pick guys based on their, their political beliefs? What could, I it. What could go, possibly go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? And, and what could go wrong? Michael Porter Jr. better than Michael Porter Jr. Oh, my God, dude. I am salivating over this. MPJ, <laughs> AP, Brad Bill. Dude, and then if you can get Jonathan Isaac, we need to start shelling people. We need that, to get that, first round. I, I will say this, that uh, uh, in terms of like actual basketball, that actually, it would be a pretty good team. Those those four guys. Top, top, top four. Uh, top four. In the NCAA, yeah. Name, name, but, someone in the, name someone in the East who can guard Michael Porter Jr. Giannis. <laughs> okay. That's only, but he's going to make Giannis work. No, no, Porter's going to get his points and stuff. Beal will get his points. Porzingis, that would be pretty interesting. Um, You know, bring in Jonathan Isaac. Maybe he can actually play some defense. But they're not cracking. Even with that, they're not cracking like top four in the East this year. Um, I can see them. them? Um, Boston, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. Um, We started in Brooklyn. We got a team. I may, may I, I don't know, maybe Brooklyn, because you know, you talk about the Michael Porter Jr. I mean, he he's like the poor man's Kevin Durant, right? Nobody on the Wizards can guard Durant. But this man, um, he not poor. He's not a poor man. He and then you, you've got like the, you know, the Miami Heat are good. Uh Toronto's gonna probably be pretty good. Miami Heat, man. Miami Heat is fake gold, dude. They fake gold. They they work hard. They first team all hustle, no skill. Yep. First team all hustle. Yeah. No, no, we could beat them. Skill, skill will always win. You know that, like that KD hard work beats talent. True, but skill, like hard work and skill, will always beat hard work and hustling. How it goes. Like, just think about it. The Miami Heat should have beat Boston. Boston has like no late game IQ. They still couldn't get it done. They were just too skilled for them fellas. Yeah. You saying? And Kyle and Kyle Lowry, he doesn't want to play in DC. I mean, sure they beat us in eighteen. They got their revenge. They got their revenge, but that team didn't deserve to make the playoffs. I don't think that yeah. 18 team was the team. But nevertheless, he knows what happened when they were good. He knows yeah. about that sweep he took at the hands of us. Well, I don't know, man. I like that idea. Like you should, you should write about it. Maybe Ted will hear about it, like get word to it. But yo, Michael Porter Jr., Jonathan Isaac, added to our four. We could sell off everyone else. Like get rid of. Him. I love Rui. I think Denny's gonna be great. Get them up out of here for MPJ. Like, get them up <laughs> out of here. And that's the guy. And that's the disgruntled star who's going to ask out first. Because think about it. 
how is it going to work? Two two guys coming off an injury trying to re, reor, uh, reorient themselves into an offense where MVP just won twice. Come on now. There's no chemistry. It's going to be no chemistry in Denver. Maybe we hire Mike Malone. <laughs> well, we've already got the the, the architect in, in Wes Unsell Jr. But uh, no, that was a joke. That was a joke. Um, let's wrap it up there. Um, I think we've we've got our our mission now. You know, we we just need more more MAGA on the team. That's all. Uh, that, oh, that's the secret. So um, maybe solve us to buy up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> maybe anyway, solve us. All right. Yeah, we're gonna wrap it there, and we'll be back with uh, you know season preview and uh, getting you know talking about training camp and all that kind of stuff uh, probably a couple weeks from now. So um, good talking to you again, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the So Wizards podcast. Mm -hmm.